Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, it's March. So happy March. Spring's around the corner. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to be talking about a trailer from Zack Snyder that doesn't feature Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. We're going to talk some release dates for some series that we've been talking about, some movie titles, some movie announcements, and my comic book picks of the week. And then Superman and Lois, because we have a, a new series on the CW that is state is scheduled to get a few seasons, at least. I know it got renewed for a second season, so it's not Swamp Thing. So we can get through and watch that. But let's talk uh, the trailer first. Netflix recruited Zack Snyder to do another zombie apocalypse-esque movie like he did with Dawn of the Dead. And he went out and recruited Dave Bautista, Amari Hardwick, and a ton of other actors for his new movie, Army of the Dead. You saw the minute and 10 second trailer, probably the same as I did. What did you think of it? It's okay. Like, I've never seen Dawn of the Dead. And I know this is kind of like a spiritual sequel is what they're calling it. It, it looks okay. Like, you know, uh, takes place in Vegas. Yeah. The ultimate, I mean, that's already zombie yeah. feeding ground number one. Didn't show a whole lot. No, not at all. Which is good. Because originally it was a WB movie. And then they bought Netflix bought it off them, and if it was a WB movie, we would have seen the whole. They would have done a three minute trailer. We would have seen the whole movie. Yeah, we saw the end credit scene and everything. You know, even though I'm, I never seen the first one. I don't think you really have to, from what I was reading. No, it took place in a mall. I don't know how you translate a movie that took place in a mall into the entire city of Las Vegas. Who knows? And it was twenty years later. It's only a spiritual sequel if. Um, Ving Rhames is in it. Maybe. Maybe he pops up. This looked pretty good, man. I'm a sucker for zombie movies. Dawn of the Dead, I love that one. I love that. Not as close to the original, but I love that first one. Well, the previous, whatever. The one, the predecessor to this soft sequel, spiritual sequel or whatever. It's just, it's just Zack Snyder doing another zombie movie, and I guess every zombie movie he has is now a universe. What I will say, what I saw during this trailer was... I'm a little worried for Amari Hardwick. I don't know how you go through the zombie apocalypse in a tank top. <laughs> the, the one scene he's in, I, I know he's got a fitness brand and everything, but like, you need more layers. And I get that Vegas is hot, but you need to have like a canvas jacket on. So if they bite you, they bite the canvas jacket. You can rip that off. If he gets bit on the arm, he's done. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I saw that. Yeah. But. The practicality of the outfits are a little in question. Maybe they're just saying that they're complete badasses. You'd be wearing a fucking parka in Vegas in August. I feel like you have to. You got to be smart. You have to dress in layers because if you get bit, like it's easier to, you know, it's easier to strip than to bulk up if you don't have extra clothing. So you wear your wardrobe, you go out there, and if it gets colder, you, you have that on there. But if it gets hotter, you can take it off. When you're in a zombie apocalypse, you need to be in as much of a bubble as possible. Yeah. So you wear a parka, dickies, canvas. You wear whatever you can. Put a tarp on. You Kev- don't want to get bit. Kevlar. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you if, yeah, if you can, that's heavy, but you can. I feel like Omari Hardwick is going to die in this movie. Probably. And he's going to get bit right on the arm, and that's where it's going to happen. Did you see Theo Rossi in it? Because I know he's in the movie, but... No. Yeah, the only people I saw that I recognize were Dave Batista and Omari Hardwick. And there's three people in this entire trailer. Yeah. 
like besides the zombies but I'm, i'll watch it and i know this is getting an anime too so we'll see uh we'll see what happens uh, i'm i'm pretty excited for this and comes out in what may 21st or something like that yeah i believe 21st of may yeah which brings us to our next part several shows are getting release dates it's that time we got three yeah so two on disney plus one on hulu let's start with the bad batch they got their release date may 4th obviously because it's star wars day we knew that was going to come in uh modok got a release date may 21st on hulu and loki got delayed a month and it's coming out june 11th on disney plus so out of all those like what's your most anticipated show of those three Probably Loki, the Bad Batch, and then Modoc. Yeah, Modoc is it's claymation. Patton Oswalt really doesn't add much to the MCU that we're no. kind of entangled in right now. Where Loki is huge, you know, we possibly yeah. may see Kang, maybe see Mephisto. Who knows? <laughs> and the Bad Batch is just a spinoff from the Clone Wars, and they were like standout stars of the last season of Clone Wars for the two episodes that they were in. So. uh I'm excited for all three of them, but I'm going to go to the exact same ranking as you, though, because yeah. the Loki one has more implications. Yeah, I, you know, Bad Batch came out of nowhere because I remember, like, we said how badass they were. And then, what, like, maybe a couple weeks after the um, finale of Clone Wars, they're like, yeah, we're, we're doing Bad Batch. And I was like, oh, yeah. I love Migna One is back. Yeah, Again, of course. We were saying last week she's everywhere. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, Modoc, I'm definitely going to watch it. I think it's going to be super, super weird. The trailer they released last week with the premiere date. It's what I expected when I found out it was going to be Patton Oswald and, uh, you know, Claymation. Very robot chicken-like. Yeah, 100% robot chicken. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. But I, I know I, two of these are not going to get a after show where Loki will. So... We'll have yeah. a Saturday after show for Loki. The Bad Batch we'll talk about on episodes, but we won't do an after show. No. Uh, let's let's talk about some more news involving Marvel and Disney and everything. Spider Man last week got about seven names. Yeah. And one was Phone from Home. There was Home Slice. There was Homeward Bound or whatever it was called. But they released this like funny little video where Tom Holland walks out of director's office, walks past. Zendaya and Ned and says we don't get a name he's not gonna tell us he doesn't trust us they walk out and it's right on the board it looks like a, a map of a city and a bunch of conspiracy theories it's tinfoil hat time on that whiteboard but we know that it is now called no way home so yeah. we have the official title what are your first thoughts on no way home so I was kind of mad because I saw it on Instagram Tom Holland was like oh phone home and I was like that's super weird but it really looked official, like how he was saying it. So I screenshot of you and I sent send it to you and I was like, Ah, eh, I don't really like it. And then like later on, like a couple hours I found out that it was a troll job. Which they did a pretty good job at it because Andea did Home Slice and Jacob Batalone did uh Home Wrecker. So I'm like, Alright, this tr- they gotta come out with the the name sooner or later. Like I know we're getting trolled, but come on. No Way Home is probably the perfect name for the movie. Yeah. Yeah, especially because it might not even be in regards to this version of Peter. It might yeah. mean for everyone else who is now in this version of the MCU. Uh, the, the poster, the whiteboard had like, can't find home, close to home, zooming home, stay at home, 
um, homesick, webcamming, far from home. Like we are, they already did that one. There was a bunch of other ones. Home Alone, which was copyrighted. Uh, they did Home Run, which we talked about. Yeah, I mean, and that was it looked like it was one of the closest ones to to get there. But I'm cool with it, man. I like that they did a uh, the troll job for sure. But Tom pointed out uh, yesterday on Galaxy Wars that if you stack them all up, they all re- uh, resemble the Green Goblin's color scheme. Oh. Like if you go if you go like minimalist colors, like it's green, uh, purple, gray, stuff like that. So it's very Green Goblin, and we know that like. Dane DeHaan was rumored to be already in this, and William Defoe was rumored to have already shot scenes. So there's going to be a bunch of characters that we're going to get in there, and you know we'll we'll talk about it. This is the first time in about two months we talked about Spider-Man Three, and it's finally an official piece of news, not a, yeah. a rumor. So yeah, no no way home. I'm here for it. Let's go into yeah. uh, DC's Essential Spider-Man, which is Blue Beetle, not Ted Cord. Let's go with the Iron Spider himself, Jaime Reyes. Is getting a movie. Yeah. We talked about this. I mean, there was one in development for, I think Gareth Edwards was in development for years of writing this movie. But now it was announced that uh, Angel Manuel Soto, who directed and created Charm City Kings with Meek Mill, is going to direct it. And it's going to be written by Gareth Dunnett, Alex Coser, who did Scarface and Miss Bala. I know this is your, this is your wheelhouse. This is your boy. Jaime Reyes, and I know you're trying to keep it in your pants. So what are your thoughts on this movie actually happening? About time. I've been wanting this for years. As you know, I've, I've said it a bunch of times. I think he's perfect for this time. There are no Hispanic superheroes out there. Marvel or DC, anyone had made a movie. So I think this is perfect. And the fact that Spider-Man is hot and who knows, might not be much longer because Tom Holland, his contract is up after this movie. So yeah, but he just, said he would do 10 more. He said he would, but it doesn't mean they'll agree with it. So, you know, you have a young teen superhero and one Spider-Man's done and Blue Beetle can kind of sneak in there. I'm I'm ha- excited for it. I never heard of Angel Manuel Soto. And then I did see the Charm City Kings. I've never heard of that movie. It's an HBO Max original. I didn't even know about it. But yeah, it's... It was co-written by, uh, co-created by Meek Mill. I saw that, and then William Callett, the guy that plays Lala, yeah. he's on Black Lightning. He's in it. They're the only two people I've recognized in it. A uh, new unknown director I'm I'm cool with, uh, but I definitely want and excited for a Blue Beetle movie. So I'm on board for your fan casting. Shola Marijuana. But no, he's perfect for it. And I hope they, with the uh, series that was out about two years ago, where Ted Cord was like the mentor. I hope they go that route because I think that'd be cool. That's the one that got canceled, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to start. Start your uh, your your dive into comics with a comic movie with a canceled series. I don't think they're gonna go that route. But the template for Blue Beetle suit is essentially out with Iron Man and Iron Spider. So if they went that route, it would be it would be perfect. I think Shola Marjorie is gonna be perfect for this. He fits the age. He looks younger. He's very Tom Holland-esque where he's in his 20s, but looks like he can play a 15-year-old. And a little humble brag, I posted it on our Instagram story, and Angel Manuel Soto saw both of our posts, the fan cast, and the congratulations on the movie. So, you know, maybe, maybe you and I get a cameo in this. Yeah. 
and, may- and maybe a little inspiration for the casting. But who are we? We're just podcasters. Let's go to one more thing, and let's talk Superman, because J.J. Abrams came in here and just said, you guys are doing a DC Universe? Let me shake it up a little bit, because we're going to reboot Superman. And all of the rumors are getting seemingly getting confirmed more often. Uh, Tom Taylor came out and said that um, a lot of Val L has been talked about in the movies a lot now. Warner executives want a black Superman. It's not going to be Cal L. It's more than likely going to be Val Zod. Does this kind of stoke the loin, stoke the flames of that long pitched rumor of a Michael B. Jordan Superman movie? Well, first off, before I go into the hate corner, it kind of sucks because I think Cavill deserves a sequel, but it's not, it sucks that we're not going to get it. Because at first we thought, and now, like you said, with all the rumors and seems like definitely they're going completely separate. I'm okay with, was it Elzod? Valzod? I thought, yeah, Valzod. Um, I'm okay with it. Uh, not okay with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of people out there. Valzod, for those who may not know who Valzod is, is essentially... Kal-El. He's yeah. a pacifist. He was adopted by the Els. He wears the House of El on his suit. He's from the same Earth. He's not the he's not President Superman, who is also a black Superman. He is like the forefront black Superman. Uh, I'm on board with Valzad. I'd be on board with Michael B. Jordan from a a standpoint that he brings butts to seats. And if DC wants to continue to make good movies, they need to get people to see them. And if they can bring in J.J. Abrams and they can bring in Michael B. Jordan, who everybody loves, not just comic book fans, but women love Michael B. Jordan, and that's the demographic that DC's desperately missing, I think it's a win for them. I'm curious to see. I mean, I'm not surprised that uh, Reggie Jean-Page is on the name list of this because he's on literally on the list for everything. Yeah, and then the guy that's writing it, I never heard of. He's an essayist. Nashi Coates? Yeah, I never heard of him. Oh my God, he he's writing the best Black Panther storyline in Marvel. Well, that that I know he's he's been doing that, and I think he did some Captain America stuff, but I I haven't read any new Black Panther stuff. So, oh man, when right around when Black Panther got rebooted, like 2018, Tanashi Coates wrote the the first storyline, which kind of spawned into Black Panther and the crew and stuff like that. His writing is phenomenal. This kind of reminds me of. The Ava DuVernay and Tom King New Gods movie where it's announced, but it, I feel like it's going to be in production limbo for a very long time. Yeah. So I'm going to pump the brakes on my excitement uh, for this, but we'll see. It is J.J. Abrams, though, so maybe they'll get a little more push from him where Ava's got her hands in a lot of other pots like Naomi and she's you know perfecting New Gods. Maybe yeah. uh, J.J. will just push a little harder. Putting his name and stamp on people, people will go see it. Yeah, geeks will definitely see his movie. Yeah. Like, he's a geek. He's a geek movie maker. It's just you have to tell the right story. And if they're moving away from Kal-El, I think that's a a good thing for the DCEU because you get a fresh take on a, a char- on a newer character that has similarities to a pre-existing character that didn't do well statistically. Henry Cavill, it sucks for, but I don't think he's going to be out of work. He's teasing that he's going to be in Mass Effect, and he's got The Witcher, and he's got all this stuff coming out. So, you know, that just opens up the door for Marvel to snatch up Henry Cavill as somebody else. I, w- I would love him as uh, Craven. Craven would be great. He's a little tall for Wolverine, but we know that yeah. size doesn't matter when it comes to Wolverine. Captain Britain, although 
I do like Simon Pe- uh, Pegg for Captain <laughs> Britain because it's just a very weird thing. Wolverine, I, I like Jared Kiso. He's He meets the tra- criteria. He's shorter. Um, and then for Captain Britain, I also do like uh, Sam Hugan, he, but he's a Scottish actor. I don't know if he can throw a, a, a legitimate British accent. Yeah. But we'll see. All right, man. You ready for my pick of the week? Yeah. All right. So this honestly could have been a new episode, like a full episode, my pick of the week, because uh, March seems to be the launch point for every brand new title okay. and big titles. So I think I have like seven or eight picks of the week. Oh, and it was it was extremely hard for me to pick them because Future State ended. Yeah. Everything but Imperious Lex versus Superman 3 come, is out. So that's done. So that's ushering the new wave. Marvel's got some new stuff. And then uh, Boom Studios and Image has some new stuff. And we're going to start with Boom Studios. Uh, the long-awaited movie or long-awaited comic that we talked about in the summer and was supposed to be out in October, then was supposed to be out in February, and it's finally coming out, and that's Berserker. Uh, it's written by Matt Kent and Keanu Reeves, and it goes a little something like this. Discover the next blockbuster action franchise from the iconic Keanu Reeves in his must-read comic book writing debut alongside New York Times best-selling co-writer Matt Kent, who did Folklores and Bang!, and acclaimed artist Alessandro Vitti from Marvel Secret Warriors in a brutally violent new series about one immortal warrior's fight through the ages. The man known as Berserker, a half-mortal and half-god, cursed and compelled to violence, and even at the sacrifice of his sanity. But after wandering the world for centuries, Berserker may have finally found a refuge working for the U.S. government to fight battles too violent and too dangerous for anyone else. In exchange, Berserker will be granite the one thing he desires, the truth about his endless blood-soaked existence and how it ended. And for those who are looking to pick it up, it's spelled B-Z-R-K-R. No vowels. That's weird. Is this on your pull list? Yeah, I definitely want to get this. Uh, mainly because he's writing it. See what happens because it definitely seems like a, a start for a movie franchise. Yeah, I mean, that pitch in the beginning, get ready for the new action franchise. Yeah, that's definitely a movie or a TV show. But this is I already believe in third printing hasn't even been out yet. And there's a comic book shop in New York that has a signed copy from Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent, twenty four hundred dollars. So save those stimulus checks, boys and girls, and you can afford it. Let's go to the image. uh, Next image one is called Noctera. Have you heard of this yet? No, I haven't. Okay, I think you will. You just forgot the name. It's written by Scott Snyder and with art from Tony S. Daniels. And Full Throttle Dark, Part 1, 10 years after the world is plunged into an everlasting night that turns all living creatures into monstrous shades, the only way to survive is to stay close to the artificial light. Enter Valentina Val Riggs, a skilled ferryman who transports people and goods along deadly unit uh, unlit roads and her heavily with her heavily illuminated 18-wheeler. This March, legendary creator Scott Snyder and Tony S. Daniels unveil horrors beyond any shade in this exercise first issue. And for our listeners, there is a Boss Logic variant that is probably the best cover of the of the debut. Now you follow this man. Have you heard have you remember this now? I think so. It does sound a little it's, familiar. It's got the the hooded figure with like the lantern in front of their face. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it looks great. I think uh, I there it is. There it is. Uh, let's go to Marvel, who's releasing 
literally everything now. Uh, America Chavez, who is going to debut in Doctor Strange Madness in the Multiverse, is getting a new book, and it's called America Chavez Made in America. It's written by Kalinda Vasquez with art from Carlos E. Gomez. And who is America? America Chavez is incredible. Her origins, her strength, her dimension-shattering star portals. But when the foundation of everything she believes is shaken, America will stand up and face the part of herself she's been running from. From writer Colinda Vasquez from Marvel's Runaways and artist Carlos Gomez from The Amazing Mary Jane comes an explosive brand new story all about what made America Chavez who she is and what she'll do to protect ones that she loves. You getting this one? Yeah, probably not. Okay. I'm excited for her debut, though. Yeah. Looking forward to that in um, Doctor Strange, Madness, and the Multiverse, which could also be set up for Young Avengers, which I've been talking about for literally ever. <laughs> then we got Demon Days X-Men, which was featured in some King and Black stuff this uh, this last month. It's written and drawn by Peach Momoko, who is one of the hottest variant cover artists right out right now. And she's got her own anime-esque style. But from Stormbreaker, Peach Momoko comes a Marvel story unlike any other any you've ever seen before. A wandering swordsman with a psychic blade arrives at arrives at village that's being targeted by demons. One demon is black and white with a terrifying red tongue, and another will make you believe that the strongest demon there are. In the stunning kickoff issue of this prestige quarterly story, you'll see a revolutionary re- a revolutionary reimagination of the Marvel Universe that could only come from Peach Momoko. Ready your katana and enter a mysterious world of demons, monsters, mutants, and magic. Book one of five of Demon Day's saga. Does that interest you? Yeah, I think so. It sounds pretty cool. It's in like old Japanese art, which is very cool, like watercolors too. It's very weird. It's very unique. I've read a little bit of it in the King of, I think it's like King of Black 5 or 4, whichever the latest one is. There's a, a bonus excerpt of it, and it was pretty cool. Then we go over to DC, who, again, is launching a ton of titles. Uh, the big one that they're launching is Infinite Frontier, which is the follow-up from DC uh, Dark Days, Dark Metal, and Future State. So that's the number zero that comes out. But they also have a miniseries coming out from the Crime Syndicate, which everybody knows we love the crime yeah. syndicate. Little everyone needs a little owl man. Spinning <laughs> out of Dark Knight's death metal, the multiverse is reborn, and Earth Three with it. In this six-issue miniseries, witness a true wish or witness the true origins of the mal- malevolent markers or malevolent makers of mayhem known as the crime syndicate, as a common foe unites them. But how long can alliances last between villains like this? Also, in this issue, it's the origin of Ultraman. In our special backup story drawn by superstar artist Brian Hitch. You going to get the the crime, uh, crime Syndicate miniseries? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is this was like one of my definite pulls. Yeah. Like I've been waiting for this. Uh, and then also, I'm not going to go into their synopsis, but Swamp Thing's getting a new book and The Suicide Squad is getting a new book all this week. So That's a lot. Yeah, so check your finances and... <laughs> call your credit card companies and see if you can get your your limit extended because if you're getting all these books, you're going to need it. So let's go into the, the meat and the potato of the episode, my friend. Superman and Lois, which will feature heavy spoilers because we're going to react to the entire first episode, the pilot. The 90-minute pilot that was billed for two hours, which was actually 65 minutes and 
a behind the scenes look. Yeah. Super confusing. CW need to fix that. But we we we're in this new world of Smallville. Superman, Lois, they go back to Smallville because Martha's dead. Yeah. So the one thing I like about this premiere is that they completely eliminated the Martha joke. <laughs> She's gone. We don't have to worry about her. She's gone. Papa Kent's still gone. They're all dead. His parents yeah. are dead. There was a lot of cool CGI that I liked. I yeah. thought the CGI was much better than previous series. Um, I enjoyed this premiere. I'm not going to crap on it because I actually really did like this. It was predictable at times, but that is yeah. with most series and shows that we watch, especially Superman. It kind of grounds you. With Superman being an alien, it's probably the most boring universe that you could live in because he's a reporter and he wears glasses and that's his disguise. Um, <laughs> but the but they had a big reveal at the end that I thought was really cool, which I'm sure we'll talk about. So what were some of your thoughts on the premiere? I liked it. I thought it was a very good premiere. We watched it live together but separately. Yeah, at, holding hands. It was cute. <laughs> like we used to do, text each other back and forth, which was kind of cool. We haven't done that in a while. I thought it was really good. Like you said, very predictable. When uh, Jonathan and Jordan went into the barn, I'm like, yep. Yeah, some something's gonna happen and her powers are gonna be revealed. Yeah, with that, first of all, that girl they went in with, uh, Lana Lang's kid. Yeah. What an asshole! Yeah. What a, what an asshole! Invites that kid who he they know has a crush on her. Yeah. To a party, sits down alone, away from everybody, and doesn't expect that he's gonna try and kiss her because they're bonding. Yeah. And, and then she get then he gets that shit kicked out of him by her boyfriend that she forgot to mention. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. I was hoping she would got laser faced <laughs> yeah but and especially too she was like we need wi-fi like i need why like that was the whole thing how he found his powers it's because that bitch wanted wi-fi yeah i would have been like you go to your home like no one likes you here your dad's an asshole like yeah take sloan with you yeah and then they they tried to be slick but to me it was predictable where they try to kept pushing like jonathan has power jonathan i was like it's gonna be jordan yeah, I mean, I think that that was a, a good misdirect because everyone knows Jonathan Kent as yeah. you know, eventually becoming the next Superman in Future State. But no one knows Jordan because he was created for the show. And then, yeah. like, they painted Jordan as, like, a weaker of the twins, right? Yeah. He's got social anxiety disorder. He's kind of reclusive. He's not social. He's playing injustice. He hates Superman. Whereas John is, you know, star varsity blues he's gone out there and he's ruffling feathers because he's a gifted athlete and they're making him likable but it's jordan who's like yeah i'll climb up there and i'll get the wi-fi no you have powers man yeah yeah because he was like you know because from the get-go he was trying to impress impress uh little baby lang like when you go to when she went to that party like she confessed like that she like overdosed on pills and like She's, like, pouring her heart out to him, and he's like, oh, I'm going to take my shot. And then she was like, oh. And then that guy came out of nowhere and was like, that's my girlfriend. I'm yeah. like, but I also I also don't think that if a girl tells you that she's been suicidal in her past and you guys are bonding over your mental health issues, that that's the right lead into, like, we should hook up right now. Like, I don't think that that's <laughs> – No. I don't think that that's foreplay. No, but maybe he thought, like, oh, we're both damaged and, you know. Yeah, these. I'm a Duracell battery. You're a store brand battery. Put us together, we still work. Stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, this episode is sponsored by Big Batteries. Like I said, very predictable, but overall I thought it was a very good premiere. Yeah, it was a strong premiere for a character that a lot of people weren't clamoring for to get their own series. No. The thing that I loved about it was that it was very low on Lois. <laughs> but I can't can't wait for this series to evolve into the Lois and Lana Lang series. Oh, I'm sure. This just becomes like they're working at the bank together. They're having problems with the vault and deposits. And then Superman's out there fighting the new Lex Luthor, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Cudmore was supposed to be in this episode. Uh, Colossus from X-Men. I didn't see him. Okay. I didn't see him at all, but he was on the IMDb. But let's talk some Easter eggs. I'm not going to go tinfoil hat time because I don't want to. (laughs) The The big Easter egg wasn't even an Easter egg. We get the original Superman suit. Yeah. And Action Comics number one. Yeah. The cover reenacted, albeit he's not saving them in a Studebaker. It's more of a PT Cruiser. Yeah. Which in 2021, I don't think there's brand new green PT Cruisers out there, but he does it. And he says, my mom made it, which is very The Adventures of Lois and Clark. I thought that that was cool. So we have that scene. There's a lot of stuff and callbacks to previous movies. The suits, the dialogue. Mm Mm-hmm. The Kent's Red Truck is from Zack Snyder movies. Returning to um, Smallville is like Superman 3. There's a lot of stuff that was tied in to pay homage to every other Man of Steel before that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did too. They did their homework, and that was really good. Um, On the board of the Mm -hmm. Metropolis apartment, here's a little tinfoil stuff. There is a note that says, do not forget to call Siegel and Schuster. So they kind of paid homage to the creators of... Uh, Superman, and then you got Jordan playing Injustice, Superman versus uh, what was this Raiden? Mm-hmm. And I think I literally texted you. I was like, "Oh, I'm waiting for this Mortal Kombat crossover." Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get it, but we also get some name drops of people in the the DCU: Morgan Edge and Lana Lang, which is cool. Did you catch anything other than that? Yeah, uh, on one of the blackboards there is uh, Doctor Donner. Who yeah. is uh, Richard Donner, the yeah. um, director of the original Superman movie? And then there was also like the next day or whatever on the blackboard was um, Doctor Reeves. Yeah. So. Yeah, they they that was very cool how they peppered that stuff in. Yeah, and then the mine that they were at was Schuster Mines. Yep. And I think there was uh, Siegel Park is one of the places that was referenced as well. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, they did a ve- I mean, normally CW does a pretty good job of uh, peppering in like um, Easter eggs and like old homages to uh, previous movies or comics and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, Supergirl literally had everybody who played Superman that was alive besides <laughs> Henry Cavill. Yeah. You know, Dean Kane was in it. Laura Vanderboot was in it. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody. Uh, uh, Tom Welling. Yeah, and Helen. Was in the Crisis. Yeah. John Cryer was in Superman, what, four? Yeah. And he yeah. was Lex Luthor. So, like. Yeah. I know that's not your favorite moment, though, the reveal of the new Lex Luthor, though. Was that your least favorite? No, actually. I mean, obviously, my favorite part was the Action Comics homage. Yeah. But the Lex Luthor stuff, after thinking about it, is, was really cool. Like, him fighting this guy, and in this suit, you have no idea who it is. It just sounds like some. A British guy. That's all you hear. Yeah. You know, he goes to this fortress at the end, and then he takes his helmet off, and what did they say? Commander Luther or something? Commander Commander Luther, which makes me believe that this is 
not Earth One Luther. This is a Luther that kind of bled in from the crisis and kind of slipped under the radar for everything. Yeah. And he was operating in his own kind of thing. And we know that this guy is deadly because he almost killed Superman, stabbing him in the heart with uh, kryptonite, which was a big scene. But I I do like that they gave us a new Lex Luthor, although John Cryer still alive in this universe. Yes. We might still see him. I hope so. He is my favorite live action Lex Luthor so far. Yeah, of course. By far. He's good. I know Tom doesn't like him, but the, the the other Lex Luthers, I mean, you have Gene Hackman, who was good. Yeah. Right? And then you have a pedophile, who we don't talk about, who was Lex <laughs> Luthor. So, you know, when you're, your barrel's pretty low. And Jesse well, Eisenberg. Yeah. I'm still talking about barrel being low. Uh, yeah, John <laughs> Cryer rises to the top. But my, um, some of my favorite moments, uh, the reveal at the end, obviously, was great. I thought that them building up the kids was cool because it kind of feels like they're setting up something that we'll talk about in the future. But I like that it's not just Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And these characters, I don't think that this is going to be like a Nora situation in The Flash where they kill her. These kids yeah, are no. there for the long haul. Nah, they're they're series regulars. Like Absolutely. Um Seems like they're learning from the mistakes made on The Flash in later seasons. Yeah. Uh, where does this rank in terms of the current Arrowverse? And I know a bunch of stuff hasn't come back, but where does this rank for you? Currently, I'd probably put it number three. Okay. Yeah, I put it three, too. I'm curious to see what our top three are, though. I bet my our seconds are different. Our first is the same. So Stargirl, Supergirl, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Very close. Um I'm going Stargirl Batwoman because I love what they're doing this season yeah. on Batwoman. So dark, so violent. It's very it's teetering the line of HBO Max. Like with how violent and even the language in it. So I'm all about Batwoman right now. I love love what they're doing and Javizia Leslie is absolutely crushing it. But this is number 3 and Stargirl's fantastic. I love Stargirl. But yeah. I I was thinking I was like is there is there such a big difference between my top three and then my four and five and the answer is yes yes like it's like four and five don't even they weren't even giving me an argument like flash wasn't giving me an argument mm-hmm. legends wasn't giving me an argument supergirl could kind of give me an argument but i'm kind of over it because it's ending yeah you know and flash is still chugging along and legends is getting like 35 more seasons and black uh, lightning's being canceled yeah and black lightning i don't know if i'm digging it right now uh, I don't. I've, I've been watching this new season, and I don't know if I like the direction that they're going. But I don't want to spoil series that people are still watching. Yeah. Uh, where do you, where do you think this is going to lead to in the future? Any uh, future plans? I mean, I want to see Jordan get his powers, but I don't think he's going to be the hero that people are think. Like you kind of said it perfectly, like Brightburn. Yeah, and that's what I want. They should have cast that kid. <laughs> yeah. I kind of see it going that way because he's unstable, because he's kind of picked on. You know what I mean? Like, he's this loner. He's this, yeah. And I can see him, like, like the brother's the most popular one. And, like, you know, he's a freshman on the varsity team. And, like, the girls love him. And Jordan's not. So I, I would really like to see him not turn evil, but kind of a darker side that we're uh, used to seeing, like, a quote-unquote Superboy. Yeah, like like when Tobey Maguire got real badass in Spider-Man 3. 
and then went all emo. He's dancing down the street. Yeah. But you know what? The dynamic for these kids is going to change, though. Like, John is super popular, but they're going to a new school now. They're going to Smallville. They're leaving the city and going to the country. So, I mean, and they're not starting at the best time, right? They're starting after they blew up the mine. Yeah. They beat up everybody. So, there's a... There's a lot to see there. I would definitely like to see him go go rogue, become a problem, like early Superboy when he left Cadmus and we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I'd like to see that for sure. Anything else? Uh, I want to see more Luther. I want to see what they do with him. Um, yeah. Because right now he's a mystery. You know, that 30-second uh, scene at the end. So obviously he has technology for this super suit. Power, he, yeah. He lives – or not lives or reports to a, a a facility, a base that looks somewhere kind of reminded me where um, uh, Superman's that, that Krypton base was. Yeah, um, yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that, like in that area. So I really want to see what they do with him. Yeah, me too. Um, I feel like Luther, like the, the future of this is going to go more – corporate than cosmic yeah because the the main villain is morgan edge right so i feel like we're going to get a lot of edge maybe maxwell lord and then you have luther who's more militant but i'd like to see if he jumps into the corporate aspect of it too kind of like when ollie was the vigilante and then he was the you know the head of consolidate i also think that this is kind of like where wanda is setting or where wandavision is it's seemingly building towards uh, Young Justice, where WandaVision is building towards Young Avengers. These two kids, there's got to be a crossover. Once Legends is over, there's got to be an ensemble show, right? So you can have this. You can have Stargirl. You can have Naomi. You can have whoever else you want. Painkiller. You can throw them in there. You can you can take the Black Lightning kids, have them over there. There's a lot that they can do there. But I also think that General Lane and... Luther are going to be in cahoots with each other. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, just seeing him, I was like, you're so up front. You know who he is. Something's going to happen, and you need somebody to put a muzzle on Superman, and it's going to be Luther. Oh, definitely. I could see that. So, yeah, so do you give this uh, a five? Is this a five for you? I would say four and a half. Yeah, me too. It was a little boring, but it- that's Superman. Because that's maybe that's why we don't like Superman is because like you know if you compare him to Batman, like there's so much going on in Gotham and so much you know, uh, you know it's a crappy city and crime everywhere and then like this is oh we're in Smallville, so yeah it you know very um, backwoods very uh, country like yeah, and it it was a little slow but I think it. I don't think it's the best premiere I've ever saw, but I, I didn't think it was the worst. So that's why I gave it the 4.5. Yeah, likewise. Uh, comparing it to some of the shows that have premiered this year, like WandaVision and like Resident Alien, it falls a little short Yeah, from those two. Those two premieres, in my mind, are fives. This is like a 4.5, 4.25, if I'm going to be a little more particular, just because it is Superman and Lois, and I'm kind of over everything Lois Lane. But I digress. We'll, uh, we'll move on to... Where in the world is this superhero from, my friend? I know you've been looking forward to this part. Yeah. You want to take a shot at what country we're going to today? Ireland. No, not yet. That's St. Patrick's Day's week. I was thinking. Don't worry. 
It was coming up, so I wasn't sure. Couple more weeks, but we're going to Brazil, and we're staying with DC, and we're going to talk about Yara Floor because nobody wants to put her on television. (laughs) And we're gonna we're gonna introduce you to somebody that we've talked about for a lot that we didn't know much about. We've read all the seven issues that she's been in. She's gonna be in some more future stuff. Let's talk about Yara Floor for a second. As I said, she's from Brazil. She was created by Joelle Jones. Her first appearance was Future State Wonder Woman number one in 2021. So it's still out there. It didn't sell out. So if you're looking for first appearances of new characters, you get this one. She's a member of the Amazons of Amazon, and she's a member of the Justice League. And a little bit about uh, Wonder Woman. Yara Floor is from a tribe of the Amazons of the Amazon and is the new Wonder Woman who, in the absence of Princess Diana, came out of obscurity from the heart of the Amazon rainforest to protect in, to, uh, in Brazil to protect man's world from the magic that is within it. Very cool, very magical. Like you said a few episodes ago, very dark. It yes. can go down a darker realm. Uh, a little fun fact is that the look of the superhero uh, heroine, the look of the superheroine was inspired by Brazilian indigenous model Sonia Morea, Look at that. And where you can read Yara Flores' books, you can get Future State Wonder Woman. There's two issues. You can get Justice League for Future State, which also has two issues. Superman and Wonder Woman Future State, which is two issues. And the upcoming pick of the week that I recommend it, Infinite Frontier number zero. She's on the cover. She's going to be heavily featured in the Wonder Woman ongoing series. So you can pick her up. That is where in the world is the superhero from. And finally, we're going to end on a rumor. This was the rumor from previ- from last week. It was going to be the rumor for last week, but that huge one got in the yeah. way with Jennifer Lawrence, which I'm still upset about. <laughs> As if we haven't discussed Doctor Strange enough on this podcast and on Wanda Watch and the multiverse and the inclusion of different characters, here comes a rumor. A couple weeks ago, rumor dropped that Doctor Strange Madness in the Multiverse is set to introduce the Illuminati. The Illuminati is a group of heroes spread out through the Marvel Universe that go behind the scenes and make decisions. There's about six or seven members, uh, two of which will not be introduced in this movie, but four will. And that is apparently going to be Doctor Strange, Namor the Submariner, Professor X, and Mr. Fantastic, which leaves you with the two existing members which is tony stark who's dead and black bolt who is anson mount and probably dead and maybe getting a reboot we don't know maybe showing up in kamala khan series but just based off of this rumor what do you think about the illuminati spinning out of fantastic um dr strange madness in the multiverse to me this is the best way to do it um if if you want to introduce those three characters in case we don't get Reed Richards in two days on WandaVision, probably not. But, you know, we all wanted it. Um, but to end, to bring those three characters, Namor, Professor X, and Reed Richards, to me that that is the best way to do it because, you know, it could be an end credit scene like, okay, you know, we have this multiverse, we have these problems because the Illuminati came out of the uh, post-Scroll uh, Cree War. I mean, obviously... We're not there yet, but, you know, the whole thing is they fight these bigger threats behind the scenes. So they could say, okay, the multiverse is opening now. We need a bit, you know, we battled Thanos. We need to battle this stuff behind the scenes so 
to kind of get a, ahead of everything. And what's a better way to do this than bring those three characters in? Yeah, I think it 100% has to be either the final scene or a end credit scene in this movie. Yeah. I don't want this to be the the third act of a movie that's already going to be kind of convoluted with a bunch of storylines, yes. whether it's Mephisto, Nightmare, Wanda, whoever uh, is going to be involved in it. I think that Doctor Strange will have gotten a message or a recording or part of the will from Tony Stark who said, we need something bigger and better. You need to get six of the uh, five other of the brightest minds that represent different aspects of the world, kind of like Captain Planet a little bit. (laughs) And you can represent the mystical. You need somebody who represents the, you know, the sea. You need somebody who represents space. You need somebody who represents science and stuff like that. And that is how you do it. And then you introduce characters throughout, like where they're going to recruit. Like in the comics, T'Challa was part of the black, uh, was part of the Illuminati, and Steve Rogers was part of the Illuminati. But obviously, that's not going to happen. I don't think Shuri fits that role. Mm-hmm. I, I, Riri Williams isn't ready yet, so you could make Carol a member of the Illuminati. You could give Scarlet Witch. Well, no, she would be. She would feature into the Doctor Strange aspect. You could get Sam or Bucky. You can get one of these characters to go in there. But it, I feel like it has to be end credit because it's too big yeah. for that to be a a part of a movie that just isn't a tease. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And technically in timeline, to go back to what you were saying about we're not at the Kree Scar War, we're actually past it. Yeah. It was in yeah, it was introduced in Captain Marvel. We haven't seen it, but in the MCU timeline we're past it. But we all know if you're reading it if you read uh, Red Empire, the Korean scrolls never stop fighting. So eventually it's going to have to happen. Or, you know, this could be the predecessor to Secret Invasion. And those six characters are the leads of Secret Invasion with Ben Mendelsohn and um, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. That would be really cool. It would. God, that would be such an expensive show. (laughs) And I feel like it's so hard to get Benedict Cumberbatch to play Doctor Strange. You always hear him having these other roles and he has to do like body doubles and like their green screen and his face on. It's oh, it's going to be confusing. We'll see. But that's it, man. We will let you sit with that. And next week we'll have another crazy rumor. Uh, this week would have been a rumor that was already debunked that the Big Hero 6 characters were going to get a cameo in a Marvel movie. Yeah, that's weird. I saw that and I was like, oh, this needs to be talked about. And then like a day later I was like, no, that's not happening. And I'm so happy that that's not happening. It's too weird. But I would have been here if would have been here for it if uh baymax invaded westview and led up to wanda and was like how can i be of assistance after vision dies i would like that like i'm okay with if they wanted to make a live action one like a movie yeah. but not like pepper them in like oh they're gonna be in loki like that no yeah like baymax floating around in like 1976 yeah oh that would have been cool i don't know man i love baymax <laughs> He's like the Marvel Universe social worker. I'm, I'm here for it. But let's get out of here. That's enough for this episode. We'll be back next week with a fun little episode full of more geek goodness as we talk. I've got a trailer, a little bit of a teaser that we're going to talk about. Some news, some comics, some TV, some movies, some everything. Um, we also saw Tom and Jerry. Yeah, we so did. May- maybe you go and watch that and link us, link up with us on Instagram, uh, The Active Geek. Let us know what you thought of that. We will be back next week. You can follow us on social media, the Active Geek Podcast, wherever you're on social media. 
we are on every platform for podcasts. I just got the email that we are finally on every platform. So you can find us. And if you've already found us, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're an Apple user, if you're not an Apple user, find an Apple user, download our podcast, and leave a review on that. You can follow Chuck on Instagram, Chuck underscore the Active Geek. You can follow AG Cosplay on Instagram, AG Cosplay. You can follow the Galaxy Wars podcast every Monday. This upcoming Monday, we are going to be doing a full breakdown of WandaVision episode 9. And then you can follow us on Saturday for our full breakdown of WandaVision episode 9. Because it's always fun to hear everybody's side of it. So again, we'll be back next week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. For the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.